so I have to say, I don't love Aerosmith, but yeah. in the bottom of my heart, I'm like, I've got to give it up to him because it was like the first like CD I ever. Of course, you know, and I had tapes before that and stuff. Yeah, but, like CD wise, yeah, you always remember your first. I'm feeling a little magic. Should I feel, we get started? I feel great. The frog is gone. He jumped out of my throat. Bye, bye, bye. Gear Buds. Episode 192. Gear Buds podcast, episode 192. Big numbers. Approaching an even bigger number. Mm-hmm. Not going to jinx it. My name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hello. This is the thing that we do sometimes in talking on microphones. Actually, we do it all the time, once a week, coming at you on Mondays, every Monday, or whatever day you choose to listen to it. But uh, this is where we do the Symphony of Corrections and your weekly reminder, my cables are tone tubes. And if you're with us, we're really thankful Thank for that. Thank you. We'll, we'll love having you around. Give us a follow at the stuff. Subscribe at the stuff. Email us at the stuff. Gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I want to say uh, my special message today. And I, you know, for obvious reasons, don't really want to get too deep into it. But I just want to say hug your pets for me this yeah. week. Yeah. Give them a little extra pet. Please do. Whew, here we go. Oh, I wanted to say, uh, buddy, that Gearbuds Reverb Shop, it's got some stuff back she's up a, on she's it. She's a cooker. <laughs> I saw you had some really unique pieces up there, actually, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're just throwing a bunch of random boss pedals and stuff up there. No, it's that's true. I don't actually, do I even have, I got maybe a couple, two trips. But I'm just saying, around. you got some pretty unique ones up there. I searched them all just to make sure you were in good shape, in good standing. I, I mean, I didn't, none of the prices are outrageous. No. You're you right know, at the market. I'm right at the market. And you're taking offers. And I'm I taking believe. offers. So shoot some offers. You may, you know, typically you want to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. I'll tell you what, if you're listening and you buy something in the gearbud shop, maybe we'll shout you out and we'll ask you how it's going. It's happened before. That's a good good call, my friend Dave. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of new stuff there. There's plenty more to come. I think you know the next wave is going to be a lot of local pickup only. Sure. Because I don't feel like shipping big old heavy amps. Yeah. Shipping, but sucks. that's which means that those are going to also eventually make their way to the Craigslists and sure Facebook marketplaces. God AKA forbid, Spambot City. Sure, I've 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 still you know I I the last round of sales that I did I did make at least I believe one deal via Craigslist. So it gave me a little bit of hope that it's still worth. I don't know. Do it's you still worthwhile? Do you put no scammers in your ad if, on Craigslist? Do I write it? Yeah. Do you put no scammers like in all caps or anything? Are you are you supposed to? A lot of people do. I mean, I know, but it does it like, I mean, can you imagine being a scammer and like seeing that and be like, well, <laughs> my kind's not wanted around <laughs> here. I, uh, I put, I welcome the scammers on my ads. So please come and try to scam me. That is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I feel you. I feel, I feel, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, I don't have a rare foot of the week this week, Dave. I don't know unless you want to show me something under those slides there. There was a foot in that uh, SG that I sent you on my way over here. Today. No, there wasn't. It was a shoe, but it wasn't wait, you a sent toe. Me, I, Oh, wait. I don't think I saw the SG you sent in the way. I saw the, the Not three. Not on the way. The three pickup. That's the one I was talking oh. about. I, it was right before. There was? There was a shoe. It was like a New Balance. Dude, I was honestly so distracted by how fucking into that guitar I am Dude. that I did not. I missed the shoe entirely. I read the ad like three times. It doesn't say what year that thing is. It's a 70 or 71. But I thought it says refretted in 70 or 71. We might have taken Are a you sure? look, my friend. I'm not sure. Oh. I think it says refretted and then it says space dash space 70 or 71. Oh. So I think it could be a 60. But I don't know. You would know more than I, my friend. I well, okay. I mean, I would imagine. I don't know if the the serial number was present, but that should at least help get at least if it's sixty nine or earlier. Maybe we'll follow up next week. I, 
take a closer look after the episode. Dude, I want that guitar. So cool. Oh. The perfect project guitar, too. Because I'm, it's it's it could be a fun thing to refinish. Not personally, of course. Also, it was only list, a trained listed five years ago, accepting offers. Five years ago, and it has what twenty? Well, offers? Didn't you say it was relisted? Offers? Yeah, I just got an email this morning. That's why I sent it to you. Mm. And uh, so who, I don't I don't understand that. What do they go like? I don't want to sell it, and then they then they're like, I want to sell this. Or maybe they maybe it was purchased by it. no scammers. No, they scammers. needed to put no scammers up. <laughs> it was a scammer, dude. It was a scammer all along. Uh, but we do have a rare find of the week mm. that I am another guitar that I if if I was a little bit richer, I, I'm I'm not not tempted to make a bad decision. But like if I was you know if I was a little bit richer of a man, mm. this guitar might be already on its way to me. That Les Paul, that freaking Mark Bolin 2011 Ooh. Les Paul. That was the one from earlier this week. Oh yeah, not. Oh, I know the you other. Send me one, one this morning, which we'll talk about next week. Sure, too. sure. Yeah, we could always talk about Les Pauls around around these pots. Around these parts, and it was a 2011 Gibson Mark Bull and Les Paul, aged, artist proof number one. That's cool. It was. It. Let me start by saying, and I and I don't and I don't feel like I normally. I don't think I'd say this about almost anyone else. Mm. Let me. Start. A few other <laughs> artists come to mind. I would say that. Mark Bolin and T-Rex's writing and guitar playing has had the most direct impact on the way that I sort of like have always written riffs and played guitar and songs and stuff. I hear it. Like there's, there's just like a, I can't, and, and, but maybe like in terms of guitar playing also maybe a little bit of James Hetfield in there too, because I just couldn't not play Metallica songs, but like I, of, of the sort of pantheon of Hank Artis. Yeah. I didn't. I've really been thinking about this recently. I feel like, and I've always been had bands and stuff. Like I've people have compared stuff that I've done to T Rex before, and I just like never really thought of it. But anyways, I want this freaking guitar. I'm just gonna say it. 2011. Uh, it's a, it's a uh, basically a 50 style body. So like a 50s standard Les Paul two seam maple top mahogany back guitar with a 70s Les Paul custom style neck. That's crazy. So it's got the the big headstock, everything's bound. It's got the block inlays, ebony ebony board on it, and it is a cool freaking guitar. And it's perfectly aged. How many of those did they make? They made one hundred. Okay, aged, and, that, and that's num- numero uno. And that is artist proof number one. So I don't even know how that. Was well, that mean they give it to them to like make sure it's good? I think. I wow. think. Yeah, I think that's what that means. It comes with the COA, OHSC, and a, a promo page. That was, you know, a thing that came out at the time. About it's it. it's so cool to me because you don't think of neck swaps when you think of Les Pauls. Generally. Never, <laughs> right? Never. Wouldn't it be like so hard to do? It's not easy, but it's it can be it, done. It definitely can be done. It has been done so. well, clearly, and they even made a whole freaking run of guitars to yeah celebrate it. And that guitar I would be very. Want, there's you. like I think three or four total on uh, oh available on re, on the verb currently and they're all in the they're all they're all five figgies let's just be yeah honest. what were they asking on that number one though? i think this one is at about 12k hmm. Hmm. so pretty cool it's a 2011 guitar yeah and it is i mean you know we go back and forth about relics on this one it's a relic but it's got that they, they call it natural chablis finish Oh my! And it's it's just it's sort of it just looks like an unfinished sort of maple top kind of. Yeah, I love that, dude. Yeah, I freaking love that. I mm. wish they would make more. It's of that. not too dad top either. It's it's no. Got, it's got it's got it's got, it's some it's got some flame. Oh yeah, it's a little figured. It's a little fiery. Um, I love it. Yeah, I think you should buy it. 
and then so I can play it. I'm just in the I'm just in, in the in the in the right and wrong space to do make such make such a decision. <laughs> like that. Uh, but I think I'm gonna let someone else have. It. But I, dude, I now I like maybe just f- find an old body and an old neck, and then have someone I trust fuse them together. Make your own. Mm, I don't trust me. Well, that's that's kind of what I mean. Like you you don't ever see just like I mean you of course once in a while you wouldn't just see like a neck like here's a Les Paul neck. Right, unless that was you, removed unless you, like properly. Unless you know a bunch of luthiers, so if yeah. you do, send them my way, friends. I bet some of those guys have some have some dead you necks, especially with do. like snapped headstocks and exactly. repairs and stuff. Repairs, repairs. I don't know if you heard about this because I feel like you might have sent it to me. I just saw this uh, recently. Apparently, uh, so uh, you know, are you familiar with the old G three guitar tours that they used to do? Or maybe they still do, I think, actually. I'm not. So it was it was Joe Satriani's thing where it would be like him and Steve Vai, and they would have all sorts of different, usually three main guitarists, and then, but probably eventually over the years, up to even like 10 or so, come out on these tours and like play, and they do like, they would just like shred their own songs and jam. And, and like, people just go watch? Yeah, yeah. There was a concert yeah. tour. Uh, they've actually done 18, and in the past 20 plus years, they've done 18 G3 tours, it turns out. Uh, the, the inaugural show took place in 1996 with Steve Vai, Eric Johnson, Paul Gilbert, and then other years they've had Steve Lukather, Ingve, Kenny Wayne Shepard, Brian May, who we're going to come back to, Guthrie Govan, Andy Timmons, Phil Collin, and just, I mean, so many, I mean, Tosin's done it. They've had cool. Petrucci, so many crazy guitarists have done this thing. Well, the story came out recently where Joe Satriani was doing an interview and he was talking about the 20, 2004 tour that they okay. did. And uh, they had asked him about some, like, if any sort of memory sticks out about anybody that he's played with. And he's like, oh, Robert Fripp. So for those who might not know, Robert Fripp was in King Crimson, uh, a mastermind of that band for many years and has done a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, if if you know him, you know that he's definitely good enough to play on the G3 tour, but probably not the sort of dude you would expect to, like, want to do the G3 tour. Right, right, right. Uh, He's a he's a. He's a, an eccentric cat, we'll say. Okay. Well, apparently uh, what happened was, and I got a quote here, is uh, when he joined up, he insisted that he not be listed and he wanted to play before the show. So Robert Fripp did G3, but insisted on not being listed on any of the po- posters. Or okay. He's like, he didn't want and his also, name associated. He didn't want to be on stage at all so they actually set him up behind the amps really yeah so uh he said look don't turn the lights on i'm gonna sit behind all the amps and i'm gonna play music as people walked into the venue and find their seats don't mention my name that's kind of <laughs> awesome actually he said sometimes Stu ham you know yeah. his famous bassist absolutely uh, would come out and play with him unannounced uh and uh, he'd just go sit right next to him and go so play behind back the there. stage yep. Oh my god, dude! Other, I guess, other guitarists would all go out and play with him and stuff like Steve. So Iowa. people who went to that had no idea. They had no was... idea that Robert Fripp was on this tour playing the entrance. Music. Imagine filing in and being like, "Damn, somebody's shredding back there." Yeah, that dude must love Crimson because you can tell the difference between music that's coming through speakers, like you know when they play before a concert or something like that. Yeah, versus somebody who's like miked, like playing through an amp in the auditorium. So you'd be like, "Oh, someone's like playing this right now." Oh, you can. You there, hear the difference. You, you absolutely. Hear, I yeah. know exactly what you're saying, and I agree a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah I love. I lo- or like when you're walking down the street and you like, you're like, that's live drums. You yep. hear music from a distance. I know it like, right away. The yep. drums always sound different. Totally, dude. Speaking of Brian May, did you hear the good news? Mm-mm. 
Brian May henceforth shall be addressed formally as Sir Brian May. Ah. Because he got knighted. He was knighted. Yeah. Uh, I Paul guess. said, welcome to the club, man. And Ringo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I wonder if anybody if anybody else from has Queen, uh, from has Queen Bono could get knighted. has Bono been knighted? Did they knight I like Irish? He, I don't know. I don't I, maybe so. not. I don't <laughs> think so. I might be, I might be starting <laughs> I some know, controversy. You're, you're shaking some shit up over Whoopsies. there. Uh, maybe we'll cut Forgive that. Forgive my out. American ignorance. But apparently, uh, the the rock legend, activist, and doctor and astrophysicist now is, uh, has been knighted by King Charles for the 2023 New Year Honors List specifically recognized for his contributions to music and charity sir brian may pretty cool has a nice ring to it i i frankly i it's it's shocking to me it's taken this long yeah i mean look at look at who who we're talking legend man okay speaking of legends dave i've done a little i've got to be honest i did a little bit of research for the symphony this week before we get to the next favorite segment i've got it i kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole sure hit me we've been talking about signature instruments recently Mm -hmm. specifically signature instruments uh, for artists having been made by multiple companies. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you looked this back up. I did look it up episode. a little bit. Yeah. And so I had, I've had, I've got some thoughts. Uh, we didn't mention Jimmy Page. He has oh, duh. both Gibson and Fender. That's I an know. obvious one. That's an obvious Jeez. one. And uh, th- these were posthumous, of course, but there were also then Jimi Hendrix had both Fender and Gibson and the, and the flying, v. flying V, right? And then they even were going to make that weird Gibson Hendrix Strat thing that they f- people found out oh, about, and they yeah. like threw them all away in the garbage can. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, this one is kind of interesting because uh, w- with Jimmy Page, he also he like I don't think that there was ever a sp- specifically a signature Jimmy Page version of this guitar, but there are very few guitars that identify so singularly with a specific instrument or with a specific artist other than a Dan Electro DC, uh, what is it, 3021, that it's that, you know, double cutaway black and mm-hmm. white guitar that like yep. any, it, that is so directly Jimmy Page in my mind that to me, it feels like he kind of has like three signature companies. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Because I... Well, because it's because like once he switched over to the Les Paul, he never really went back to the telly. I don't believe like he would record with it, but I, yeah, never not live. Show up on yeah. stage. But then you would see that Dan Electro for Dad Gad all the time. That was the Dad Gad. That was Cashmere, baby. Mm. So yeah, that's interesting. There, there, there's that, and then also, but I guess, they never did an actual signature release of that guitar. Not that I could find. So yeah. I would love to be. I, I'm. I didn't have. I didn't do a ton of research into it, but from my sort of t- service level searches, I couldn't find any like Jimmy Page signature Dan sure. Electro stuff. Interesting. Uh, but I, it kind of remi- reminded me that I want to have one of those guitars. Yes. So there's that, and then finally, we didn't really talk about, and I feel feel like this one's. I don't know that there was any overlap necessarily, but uh, John Mayer, Fender and PRS. He's now a PRS boy. Oh yeah, and he was definitely he's Mr. A, Fender almost for a, a long bigger time. PRS boy now. I feel like it kind of feels that yeah. way. But he did. They they made some very expensive custom what was his shop. John Mayer was like a '64 or something like that. I think he plays a '64. Yeah, it was a custom shop they did. Maybe it's there's some '63 features now. Yeah, and because we're talking about the Silver Sky, like they kind of took that, a, a few different but, guitars. But the together. Fender was a it was like a black '64. I think it was a black '64. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But he also, the, I, while going down the rabbit hole, I le- read a story about how uh, we talked, we actually talked about Hendrix's Rosewood Strat that they made from, but he died before he got to play it and everything. Uh, they tried to sell that to John Mayer, mm-hmm. and I believe it's Well Strung Guitars owns that guitar. Oh, jeez. I think. Those guys. Our favorite, our good, our good friends. Shout out. And uh, he, re- he turned it down because it was too expensive for mm-hmm. him. And But he then had the custom shop make him one that is known as Rosie because he had a rose 
pick art like a pick art with a rose made oh for yeah it, right you know, I, rose, rose guitar and i guess that was like a, a famous guitar of his that okay. i wasn't aware of so huh. that okay now before we leave signature i we do have to go down a little bit further down that rabbit hole my friend, sure because we talked about joe bonamassa and we're like well we know he's got epiphone signature stuff but like doesn't he have other stuff well, I thought he had a telly, I think I said. Well, my friend, I, I have some answers because okay. I, I, I looked it up. And first, we're going to start with what I'm going to call Bordamasa because that dude has a bunch of signature pedals. Really? Yes. So, Dunlop, Joe Bonamassa signature, Crybaby Wah. Okay. Natch. Natch. <laughs> <laughs> Dunlop FFM4 Joe Bonamassa fuzz face and so there was actually like a an expensive custom shop fuzz face and then a smaller mini fuzz face mm-hmm. same circuit just like different boxes in a black and gold enclosure That's all of this cool. stuff is black and gold I found ah. uh, as I I'm learning as I've gone down this rabbit hole I continue the MXR FET driver custom shop Joe Bonamassa edition mm-hmm. the way huge overrated special uh Distortion overdrive pedal. Uh, those are limited edition of 2000. I didn't realize That's that. That's pretty cool. Uh, then there was one that I could only find one of these for sale. It seems very, very rare, but another way huge pedal, which is the, uh, it's called the Penny Saver Royale, and it had an overdrive or maybe a sort of boosty thing and uh, like a chorus built in the same thing. And Dave, you might be asking yourself, well, what are the prices on all those and what would it cost if you wanted to put yourself together aboard a mass sure. at Reverb's current oh, I'd rates? love to know. I want you to guess for those five pedals yeah. that is named. Give me a give me a guess. How much would it cost? At like mid range, top range, or near the top of the range prices for sure. these pedals to get all five for of those. five. If you wanted yourself the board of massa, board of massa. I'm gonna say. Well, I think so, they're gonna fluctuate between prices. Like they're not all like the same. They're pretty surprisingly close. close. Okay, okay, yes, that helps. Each of them. I'm gonna say two grand for the board of massa. Well, dude, that's a high guess because you could get yourself a board of massa your own right now for about thirteen forty-five. That's not bad. Yeah, sound just some like the man himself. O- some of them taking offers. Now, you might be also thinking to yourself, "Well, Hank, I know." Oh no, wait, no, wait, dude, I lied. That was even way There's higher. Six? It was actually eight ninety five for all five of those pedals. Oh shit! But thirteen forty five is the price of something. Okay, that's the price. Should you want to also get the signature that we talked about on the show yeah, previously, the three, Joe three. Bonamassa signature amp baffle? I forgot about the amp baffle. The Joe baffle for thirteen forty five. What? That that's four fifty, so that that brings the total cost thirteen forty. Oh, the total cost! I was like, that is a lot for a baffle. Now there is one other signature thing I, f- that we should mention. He has had a number of custom shop Gibson guitars, including which we've also talked about on this show, the custom shop Joe Bonamassa Bonabird, which is a Les Paul body with a Firebird headstock. Yes, yes. In like a sort of weird green not, color. Not a fan. Not a fan. Mm-mm. Not a fan it of that one. It just doesn't look right. That would add 7,200 to the mix if you wanted to get it at Reverb's current rate. Uh, there are two more instruments. Actually, no, I should say one more instrument and one more amplifier that we need to talk about before we leave signature Joe Bonamassa. <laughs> he because gets in every episode, this sneaky little guy. There are two items made by another brand that we you already mentioned, yeah, that have been discussed on the web, and even and even discussed on the web by Mr. Bonamassa himself, and then 
I don't think they've ever been released. Oh. There's a mystery around this. How old was the discussion? Okay, well, there's there are two things. We're going to start with the amp. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a, I believe they call it the, the Signature 48. Mm-hmm. And apparently the first 210 amp that Leo Fender made was this 1948 Tweed amp. Okay. And back then it was probably, I think it was, I want to say it was closer to uh, maybe 11 or 12 watts. This new version, they had like figured out how to make it more like 20, mid 20 watts. So, okay, somewhere. so a low wattage. Okay. Medium to low wattage. Yeah, right. And two by ten amp, and this was and Joe Bonamassa demo, he demoed it on his uh, uh, Instagram at one point, and so like they played did, it for like a few minutes. The, but there the was real never been one or the prototype. his prototype. But yeah. they, I I don't think they ever released. Maybe they it. just decided it was just going to be too expensive to make, or I don't know. I have no, I could not really find much about it. And then also speaking on the Fender tip, there was supposed to be a and and I'm still I'm not sure that this ever got released. I would love to know if it has, but there was supposed to be a signature custom shop 51 no caster yes. based on the one that he has that he, because he names all of his guitars like some guitar guys do. <laughs> right. It's called the Bludgeon uh, and this guitar was going to be called the Bludgeon. That's a Blackguard, right? It's a Blackguard 51 yeah. no, you know, just Fender on the headstock. Right. And ultra limited 100 units. They're going to be handmade by master builder Greg Fessler. Uh, here's something that I didn't know about these old ones that you probably probably did. Those uh, blackguards back then were using micarta for the dots. They were not clay on those mm. on those guitars. Well, wouldn't that be a maple? Would that be a maple neck on a maple on a maple board? Yes, and and micarta was the specific. I never know had known that those were what the dots were made out of. Oh, and guitars. you're talking about clay dots on like a rosewood neck, right? Exactly. Yeah, those they're, they're not really clay, right? It's I don't know like, what it is. Some people there's there's like theories. Some people were saying it was like um like wall panels that were like in the shop and they had asbestos in them and knowing stuff. them like they used every they used everything they, they had. had so yeah but okay so he calls it the best guitar he owns it's he said it's as much of a tool as it is a weapon the most dynamic instrument i've ever played in his life now here's the thing that's you, a great quote by the way a tool as it is a weapon uh, i love that he, I, he's a man there's of a reason words. we talk about he's him a wordsmith. So much. We, it, and you know might feel like we're taking the piss but i do love him deeply sure me too. And it was 100 instruments. So here's the thing. You had to put a $500 deposit down to reserve the right to get one. Mm. And then I've not seen, other than this like one post, it's not on the Fender site or anything anymore. Other than this one post, I think it might have been on Joe Bonamassa's site. I can't find any record of this instrument. And you would think that someone would would sell these. I'm thinking about, because I saw this somewhere, and I'm thinking about where the hell. It, I didn't know if it was a guitar player article or if it was rumored thing on a forum i don't know i don't know either i guess the and the original uh his bludgeon you know original instrument that's the neck because it's got a humbucker in the neck you know a la macabre and it's a 62 sg pickup oh very cool paf you that's know, of awesome course. or maybe there's a patent sticker at that for i can't remember but a 62 yeah that's a nice little tip i like that didn't know that so uh the original did we already tell you how much they were, they were going to charge for this you said it was like a $5,000 deposit. a $500 oh, deposit. Okay. What do you think the actual cost was for this guitar? Oh. The signature Joe Bonamassa. 10 grand? It was 85 at the time. So yeah, these, and today, it's these days. And it's too, right? Yeah, oh, big They time. copied everything. It's like, all lasered. But so yeah. I don't know I don't know if it ever happened. So the mystery persists. Hmm. You could have a full Fender signature Bonamassa rig or not, depending on whether these things were actually created. I have no That's idea. kind of funny. Pretty, pretty interesting. Think of, a, think of being a, a signature player. Think of being a player... That there's rumored signature guitars about you. 
rumored because that's you pretty amazing. You show you talked about it a lot on the internet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's super cool. And but if not, don't forget the board of Masa eight ninety five. If you want to, well, right? Because we were saying we thought they were all Ep- Epiphones and that they hadn't made a Gibson. We that's weren't right. sure yet. So um, lots of Epiphones. But they never did like just he a, did plenty of fifty nine like, burst or something. He's like done that. custom shop short runs of some of his okay. guitars, but it's not Does that like count. Yeah, that's a different. Yeah, it's sort of this like in between thing. Mm. Uh, but. Uh, no official Fender, as far as I can find. Mm. Someone correct me. And now, Dave, we get to talk about something else together. Together. Together forever at GearBuds. Dave's Docs. Dave's Docs. Here we go. This is it. We're going we're gonna to talk about a movie together. What did we watch one? What did we watch together? Well, we watched If These Walls Could Sing, the documentary about Abbey Road. Yeah, the studio. The studio, not the road itself. I mean, right. it was mentioned. EMI, a few EMI, times. EMI Studios originally. Yeah, yes. right. So cool. So cool. I, I thought it had a really rich history to it. It had a good vibe, <laughs> man. You know, this documentary. It's not. Gonna, it was made by Mary McCartney, who's Paul's daughter. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna. If you're looking for a 14 hour epic, like Get Back, this is this is no. it. This is this is much more. We're gonna condense a very rich long timeline into some really cool stories. We're not really gonna dive too deep into gear, nerdery, no, or anything none of like that, that stuff. Uh, I did still. I'll say that there are there. Are, I still took away a lot of things that I did not know. Even even have even as much as you and I have obsessed over this place for for years. I still I still learned a couple things. I learned a lot too. What did you learn first, Dave? The first. Well, this was early in the thing, but yeah. I didn't know that the Wings song "Jet" Dude, was same. the name of Linda the and Paul's pony. Horse. Yeah, they had a pony. That was my first note. Uh, and Jet the, the horse, dude. By the way, I watched a Wings uh, live performance. Um, I think it's it's like Montreal '73 or '74, okay. something like that. It's phenomenal, front really? to back. It's like a two hour long like concert. So fucking good. You know, I've I've always tried to get into Wings more than I've actually really liked Wings. I like. I have them. a bunch I, of their records. I like some of the songs a lot. Yeah, I like that first that first one for sure. I gotta give it another go one of these days. Did you ever get into Ram? Were you a Ram? Guy? Ram is probably my favorite solo Paul McCartney record. Ass. I could probably sing all the songs on Fuck that yeah. one. Dude, I didn't know that it was the uh, in uh, 1931 it opened. And the uh, London Symphony Orchestra was the first to record. They that. were. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool because this the symphonic music did become very important, especially later on, or to sort of to keep it around, which goes back to things I didn't know. One of my favorite quotes was when they were talking to McCartney early on about like why he he came back there. They were t- it was like. You know, you were in the Beatles and you go record anywhere you want. Why did you come back? He's like, oh, you know, it's we like know it. Like it, everything works. Like all the microphones work. Yeah. You go to many studios. Not all the <laughs> microphones work. They all work here. That, which that was interesting, which then takes you to Lester, the technician. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like they mentioned a few of the people that worked there and that still work. That there still work there. That was one of the main themes that I thought of the documentary was that sort Big of like away. family history sort of thing where it's like people live, work, live and work there because yeah. you're, you essentially live there when you work there for many years. Paul's talking hand. about going back 13 years later and like the same engineers there. and stuff. Oh, that's what they, that's when in the Pink Floyd section, the which Pink was Floyd, one of my favorite yeah. sections or I think oh, it was Roger Waters or it was either him or Gilmore were saying like, yeah, we came back. We did the Sid Barrett stuff, and then we came back to do Dark Side, and it was literally all the same people still. That's working what there. it was. It was them. Yep, you're absolutely right. Um, I didn't know Jimmy Page recorded there as a session guy. I knew he was a session guy. So excited you brought up. Did Mr. not Page. know he recorded there. Dave, can I um, can I ask you for a little favor? Yes. Why don't you hit me with a little Jimmy? Uh, like a little t- a talk about it. I want to hear his accent. Oh, um, I was a session guy. I recorded the Goldfinger 007 theme song, 1964. <laughs> 
It's going to be higher pitched than that. It's going to be. It was right around there. I feel so every if we time have any I British talk, fans, they're like, dude, fuck you guys. That's that's why I insist I on like doing it because dick, it dude. makes me laugh and, and I hope that it gives them a little kick. I, I think I've heard about the Goldfinger thing before. I feel like I forgot that. But fact, I forgot. But I was happy to get I was here happy and to And then when you listen it. to it, you're like, and it's acoustic. You, guitar, you also play acoustic guitar, right? harmonica. Acoustic guitar part on it. Um I played free instruments. I like how he separated electric and acoustic guitars yeah, like two separate. He did, which is kind of a, a kind of an interesting way to. Look I'm at not going to say I've never done it myself. Yeah. When when asked to tell people what instruments I play, uh, th- dude, how about all the John Williams? John Williams, Wowzers. Okay, yeah. if you're a fan of uh, dude, cool, I had movies, no idea. You've heard a bunch of the soundtrack Might have heard stuff. The Indiana done Jones. In, yeah, Little Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, uh, how's that hit you? Boom. How about Little Return of the Jedi? They still play that on uh, MeTV sometimes. They'll just play like the Star Wars theme or whatever, and they'll play Indiana Jones sometimes. They, they sound amazing. That was, <clears throat> I would say, one of the sort of most gear budsy parts of the documentary was one of the at one point where they're talking to John Williams. Yeah, and I think it was about because they've you know they did those or they did Jedi there, and then they came back all those years later when they started doing the prequels, and I think they've even still worked they, with them some for of the, years. Yeah, right. Since then, to do Star Wars movies, and it's like, well, you know, why do you come back? And he and he was talking about how. The room itself, especially, I think they do it in Studio One for this orchestra stuff. Uh, he said that it had the room itself. That one of the other themes was this, like the room, sort of as this like living, breathing entity, and that like it, it actually literally accentuated or deaccentuated attacks on notes to sort of right. soften the sounds of things that like other just other rooms didn't sound. And if you tried to like even create a room that was tuned the same way or something, it's you can impossible. never do it. It's just like and I about that space. Hundred percent believe in all that like uh, reverberance yeah. and everything like the richness. Big time. Um, how about like I think it was Paul being like they were afraid to even paint the walls, right? Because because they didn't want it to it. change the sound exactly, which makes fucking sense, man. Yeah. Okay. So then they get we didn't uh, we talked a little bit about uh, well, first of all, we should say. I didn't. I always forget that what EMI stands for. Uh, I don't know if I wrote electrical that down. and musical industries. Okay, very creative. And uh, I also am ashamed to say that I uh, was. I guess I'll say surprised to find out that Cliff Richard is still alive mm. because I always hear about Cliff R- Richard more than I ever listened to him, and I know that he was like early on influential in that British like rock and roll scene stuff. But like, I just I I don't know. He was just like, and he looks great. Yeah, and I he does. Just like I was just like, oh, I I just I just this sound, this name to me seems like someone that should have like passed away years. There's ago. no way I'm gonna look that good when I'm that age, man. Wow, he you, looks I, great. I would kill. Yeah, and not like all plastic surgery. No, he just, just looks healthy. He just looks healthy. Yeah, um, dude, I want to go back to um, Pink Floyd for a second. Okay, the the original name. Oh yeah, I didn't write it down. What the was tea it? Set. The T set. The T set. I didn't right. know that. And then there was already a band with that name or something. It was, they were just like it. no, and then and then Sid came. Sid came up with it. Pink but Floyd. I didn't know, and I've I've heard this rumor many times, but now confirmed by Roger Waters that they were heavily influenced by the Beatles recording Sgt. Pepper's. Right. They went in a car. They got in a car and listened to it, and were like, okay. We need to like step it up here. The car test. We have we have yeah. the car test to thank for Still do it. Pink Floyd becoming Pink Floyd. Um, I thought that was really cool though, just to hear it out of his mouth because I've heard that rumor. Oh, they were recording down the hall and we heard them and they we wanted to do stuff like that yes. and everything. But uh, confirmed. Um, I thought it was interesting. Also, to go along with Pink Floyd. Yeah. To hear David talk very respectfully about Roger Waters. Oh, good point. That they made definitely me almost the wonder if it, if those were like if they are maybe even using old interviews or something. You I don't know. know. Like yeah, it it looked like it, looked it was HD this, and new. Right. And yeah, the camera. But I was thinking the same thing because I was like, don't those guys like hate each other? Yeah, he was basically just like, yeah, we he wrote some really amazing parts. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wait, is this? 
I couldn't figure out exactly what it was, but there was a moment where they were showing Gilmore recording. Maybe it was us and them or some. It was a really big guitar riff, and he was mm-hmm. playing a guitar that I didn't recognize. It kind of looked yeah. like a junior or a special, yep. but the headstock was definitely not You're right. a Gibson. And I didn't. Uh, this is why I like when I take. I should almost do like screenshots and put them in my notes. I feel the same way because I yeah I remember I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's not a strap. I didn't like, know what that was. It might have been a not a Gretsch, but like it it just had a it weird was probably some shitty knockoff. And it had frankly. like a single pickup. In I think it. it was a junior style sort of. It was of a junior sing, style maybe a single cut. Who knows? It might have been just like one of those Japanese like weird 60s totally. things. Um, sounded fucking awesome. Um, I had never heard of Fela. Dude, Fela Kuti. Oh my Fuck god, you, you've got root. some listening to I do. do. I have oh, much listening to do. Much, much listening. That record that they did there, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. That they did at Abbey Road sounds incredible. Yeah, and they Holy did it like shit. wasn't everything just in like one take? And it was they all did just, in one session. Yeah, yeah. But he was just like, yeah, let's just hit it. Let's just roll. And Ginger Baker plays. And you hear him count it off. Dude, yeah, Ginger Baker. Of okay, course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just, just toss that little fact in. Just there. throwing it out there, and then we're gonna reel it back in. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting in 79, they were doing really bad with sales because obviously the music industry had changed very much fucking sale of the century and they had a two day sale and they sold a lot of gear and Paul McCartney bought a lot of the gear. I had never heard about that. And that part floored me. I, I had to hit pause for a second while I thought about like, just, I, I think you, even then there had to have been people who just like knew how special the gear coming out of that yeah. room had to have been right so like i know like you like yeah they they offered it a lot mccartney took a lot yeah of it, it probably like, wasn't a sign on the sidewalk like come on in and they buy. showed a flyer they did that they you're made. right they did it i would fuck it. Yep. oh my god the opportunity like i would never wish just any of in. my favorite studios no, to close no. and i don't even want to name any just to like no. not no one put that it. in the world yeah. but if they were if they were to close now i would just even just like go buy a fucking studio chairs like you know something Mm -hmm. like a stand or something just Mm -hmm. like say that i could get something from there imagine getting that from abbey road at the time i didn't know that he bought a ton of the gear and um that i thought he was going to say like he invested in it or something which i I was kind of surprised if if he might have tossed him a few you know i mean you never know you know i just to keep him afloat i mean imagine being paul mccartney and being like oh my favorite studio in the world is like about to like shut down yeah that's you know you would do whatever you could at that point i know he had Plus built a lot of his own stuff and whatever so yeah I, i'm i'm super happy to know that he won't he was the person that and took then a lot of the cool shit and then going back to john williams what was interesting and boom 1980 they're like let's do let's do raiders yeah let's do you know uh music for movies and yep. bring this thing back into like a symphony which i thought was so fucking cool and they talked about like they showed it too how like everyone's just packed in there it yeah for like that hundred musicians players like, it was they were wall to wall it's a big room when you're by yourself but you get all those exactly. chairs in there and stuff and yeah. it is which actually again probably has a lot to do with the sound and like the, just having bodies in yep. there and bouncing it off each and other and then still having all those cool microphones you saw they would just like have stereo pairs of tube mics yeah. on on you oh, know sections and so it, cool. it was so cool but they also mentioned how like they you know they would still layer things it wasn't all necessarily done completely live they would sort of like let, you know multi-track different sections and whatnot but there george lucas was talking about which you know pretty cool that he's in the documentary that the greatest moment of each they would have to do like one full performance with the, everyone in the room at the same time because yeah. it would be so fucking loud in there yeah he said that, that was just like the one of the most magical experiences he's gotten to have yeah and like how about the end of um the so- the Beatles song where they do the symphony at the end of uh, oh yeah exactly day in the life day in the life thank you and he's like orchestrating that big crescendo at the end and yes. it's like fuck and it, he's there telling was a him, lot like, of really cool old footage in this documentary oh my god and I feel like I have seen that before maybe it's in like the weird video or some maybe it was in 
another documentary mm-hmm. I saw about the Beatles. But I've seen him wearing that yellow jacket, like running around like a composer. Oh, exactly, and, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just I thought that was so neat. He's like, all right, basically, I just want you guys to like get loud at this one point, and they're kind of like, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> like we don't, I don't know. Like if you can't, you know, did you write that out? Can you write it out for us? And then they obviously like helped him like figure out how to write it out yep. and stuff. Um, that and, was also when they were talking about, which I think was a really neat touch. They were talking about the canteen and how they at at this at this studio and at many other British studios they have like a, like a it's like a bar like there's like a there's, there's yes there's beer taps and you know people hang out and like stay and it drink was like a real like a tavern almost yeah, yeah. we're like here we'll have you know like maybe maybe they'll have some you know like a little kitchen and whatever but you're there's no like bartender oh, the first thing i noticed was like a wall of liquor and i'm like oh they're they're hanging out getting fucked up exactly man. and which they said they liked that because then like a lot of the composers you know who are kind of you know, a little more, you know, more professional and uptight. People up and they would come back all loose after, after four lunch, cocktails yeah. and just like hammer out the parts. And that's kind of a cool, interesting take. Yeah. Never. I never really uh, heard much about that before. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then it kind of jumped to 96 when they started talking about Oasis a little that bit. Was, that was that, I, you know, I know you're you a know big Oasis what, fan, you know, the world's biggest, world's uh, but I thought that was actually really funny. I thought it was hilarious. So the story is that they basically got kicked. They were hanging out. They were going to record at Abbey Road in 96. Well, okay, wait. It depends on which brother you ask. Sure, sure. And I Because think they go back and forth con- they're completely Still arguing about, stories. yeah, and not even in the same room. But basically, the story is that, that I took from it was that they went to Abbey Road to record. They stayed up partying, listening to the Beatles, like, songs. Too loud. Wait, like, blowing the speakers exactly. in the place. And they essentially got kicked out. They were drinking and partying, obviously. So that's according to Noel. Right. Liam goes, we never got kicked out. We never got kicked out. But then you're also like, well, then why didn't you record there? What did you just decide? You yeah, yeah I don't. Well, no, they did. They did a whole record there. I thought they waited till 2007. They, to record right. Then they eventually they so came back. So it was like back, 10 yeah, years later. Exactly. Um, which I thought was so funny, too, to be like, oh, we were here 10 years ago. And we got fucking kicked out. We got the boot. That mate. story makes more sense boot. to me. I mean, if you know how hard uh, Oasis partied at the time and how big they were, it makes. That is, sense. I mean, like that did that did notch them up a couple cool points. If that story is true, and it really, really did, yeah. blow up the I'll, speakers just listening to Beatles records, paying that much money, dude. By the way, speaking of paying money, here is something that I never really thought about before. The Beatles had unlimited recording time at Abbey Road. Because they had a contract with EMI, the record label, they just went in and didn't pay to to be in the studio, right? Because it was a whole whole top to bottom vertically integrated operation. You're saying not like nowadays where they're like, "Here's your advance. You have to spend this on the exactly." Studio and stuff. They yeah. were just like, "Go. You have access to this studio for as much time as it takes to make us hits." Yeah, and that's that's why they got to do what they and it, did and it was interesting how they like they were so concise when they first recorded there in like the early 60s yeah and then they go to like just doing whatever the fuck they want and then they're like all right we're gonna reel it in a little bit like, well, this is getting yeah, there's too many drugs being openly done yeah here. this is getting pretty wild um i liked it man i, I just want to run through the guest spots for people who do are it. interested in watching um you had interviews with elton john noel gallagher liam gallagher uh giles martin Ringo, Jimmy Page, Roger Waters, Nick Mason, David Gilmore, and Nile Rogers. There was, was there a was nice a little treat at Nile the end Rogers, there. That's right. Yeah. Um, playing that fucking strat that I just can't take. Like he was looking at the wall at the end. He's like, man, there's a lot of cool picture, people in pictures here. Where's my picture? Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a cool guy. He seems like a super cool guy. Um, I didn't, you know, look, I'm not as good with the mics and the cool boards and yeah. all the preamps and stuff. All I can say is it was all awesome. Was there anything that stuck out to you as far as gear spots? Dude, Besides that all... wicked guitar that Gilmore was playing, whatever that was. But... Oh, right. It was all Neumann, everything, yeah. as far as the eye could see. Yeah, that's it wasn't. 
it wasn't really focused on that sort of thing no. so much. I mean, I was p- picking things out here and there. I mean, you know, it, the thing is, is about it, there's so many different artists is that they're all there with their classic instruments. So yeah. like if you expect to see George Harrison with something or whatever, like yep. all the videos and stuff that they show in this movie, that's what you're going to see. Yep. But there's just, you're right. There's just, if you know, all, this, all the basic signature instruments that everybody, played, exactly. That was the studio where they were recorded at, yeah. which was kind of cool to see. Um, and then I also thought, um, what the hell the board had like those, like almost like the a jet sliders. fighter, like exactly. sliders on it. Like a throttle. Those, I was like, this those is so early cool. Two BMI boards. Yeah. Instead so of, before cool. they had those like normal style faders or those weird. Dude. Yeah. Jet, jet, jet engine push up. Push wouldn't that be cool? Bots. And probably totally not practical to do a modern board, but like put all those like, like, so it looks like a fucking vintage board. I think that'd be kind of cool. I think, I think some, there's some people out there that do Are that there? sort of thing. Okay. Oh, I mean, look, you got enough time and enough idiots on the internet. They're going to enough money, enough dollars. Yeah. Even if not, you just get yourself a 3d printer and make a bunch of ugly broken parts right that just yeah they don't even have to really do anything yeah. it just looks cool so i fucking loved it man there was no drama it was lighthearted. i it thought was it was super a great light-hearted. story uh which was a nice thing to see you know some of these docs get so deep you know mm-hmm. um disney it's a disney plus doc yeah exactly um so yeah i fucking loved it uh i gave it an eight out of ten neumanns uh, delightful what did you, i agree what did i would, I would i'm gonna give it 7.5 cool yeah yeah Again, it's a surface level kind of fun doc. I, I liked it. I like, didn't. I, I didn't like. I didn't turn it off. You know. Well, like we were saying before we started recording, they could have made that into like a six part series, and I really wanted yeah. to see like. There's really not a lot of docs about Pink Floyd, and like there's people telling stories about Pink mm-hmm. Floyd, but I I want to know like what that was like in those months that they recorded that record. I think would just be so interesting. I think, um, I mean, I think there's a dark side. Doc. There's a dark side doc, but it's an Amazon doc. And it's oh. one of those like, I w- I've watched it. I think um, I've watched it too. It, but it's just not, I don't even think they interview like any of the members and stuff. I think it's just like. There's just old, fo- there's old footage. Yeah. And you know what they didn't mention? What didn't they mention? I just realized. Oh. They didn't mention Alan Parsons. Oh, wow. Didn't he record Dark Side of the Moon? That's right. Oh, yeah, he did. I, that's wild. You're right. And I wonder if he recorded his own record there. He must have done stuff there. Yeah. Good, good little follow for the next next yeah, week's symphony. We'll look into that, but yeah, no, no mention of it. I'm glad that I'm glad that you you pushed us to watch that, and you're and then you mentioned it again because I was like, yeah, I do want to see that one. I yeah. want, I wanted. I mean, you know, you know, I love me some. It's kind of funny because uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a boomer, buddy. My buddy sent me a screenshot. He's like, dude, did you guys know this? And it was Paul to me and Russ. Uh-huh. We're big Beatles fans, obviously, and uh, he just sends us a screenshot. He's like, did you know this existed? I'm like, dude, I'm literally watching that tomorrow night for yeah. Dave's Docs. So. I thought that was kind of fun. So it's going around. It's new on Apple. We recommend it, folks. Was it Apple or Disney Plus? It was Disney Plus. And Hulu, I believe it's also on as well. I can never keep track. But I know that I watched it on Disney Plus because I was like, oh, yeah, I have Disney Plus. That was a fun one, man. Good one. We've got some future gear to talk about. We've got got a saga to get into. Mm. We're going to close the show with that. Sure. First, there's dude. There's I've I've been doing. We've been we've been doing so much jabber John recently. I want to just like kind of knock out a few of these new gear things. We're gonna hit them sort of rapid fire. Great. If you're down with that, like maybe I like am. try to get like a bunch in, and then and then and then we're gonna get into the real yeah. shenanigans. The meat of and potatoes. Your meat and potatoes between <laughs> between your legs. Right. But first, okay. The first the, we might want to spend maybe the most time talking about this one because I think it's pretty freaking cool actually, <laughs> and so. Uh, there's this company called Legendary Tones. Legendary, if you're a, a, a dick like I am. They have, uh, in collaboration, so they, oh, let me take a step back. They originally made this one product, and then everyone's favorite shredder, George Lynch from Dokken, found out about this thing, and then he approached them, and then they made a signature version, which is what we're going to talk about right now. It is one of the coolest tube amp innovations I've ever seen. 
what it is is basically they've got it it was the originally this one's called the lynch mod that's now the mr scary mod they have the original name for it i think i have somewhere else in the notes here oh it's called the hot mod is what it used to be called hmm. and what it is is it actually a lot of a lot of old especially martial amps what they would do to give it more gain and like that's kind of what like the jcm 800 circuit did originally people would mod the jcm 800 we'll get back to that uh to make them hotter mm-hmm. is you'd add in another tube uh, another preamp too. Okay. Like you'd, add, you'd be able to cascade another gain stage in the beginning. You'd be able to get more distortion out of the preamp section of the amp. With this particular product, if you have a whole long list of, of mostly Marshall amps, but like many other amps that I could name as well, you can actually, it's a little adapter sort of doohickey where on the bottom it has one set of tube pins that you're going to plug into your amplifier in place of the first tube in your preamp okay. in V1. And then on the top of that, it's got two tubes. Oh, two more. So one more, but t- two total. Oh, stacked on top, like just one next one. to each other. Gotcha. And it, with this new particular Mr. Scary mod, I guess in the original Hot Rod Mod V2, it had like a push button that would do some sort of like bias thing or whatever. With this one, George Lynch wanted to be able to adjust the gain from it, from how much cascade. So it actually has a little pot on there in the front as well. Oh, cool. So you replace the one tube with the two tubes, and then it has a little extra pot on the base of it too that you can control how much gain. And it allows you to take your already pre existing tube amp and hot rod it into Kingdom Come. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Without permanently altering anything. Yeah. Because right without without restructuring things exactly and, which oh. you know like my i have a, i have a, that basement that yep. i have has that kind that of mod the, shit done to yeah. it that's one of the things that it has and it's an extra preamp tube so this allows you to t- basically do that with okay i'm gonna run through a quick list here how so do you attach it it just all it does is just it just in goes in place it goes where that one tube normally goes it just oh so you just on take on one tube out and you can pop you just it pop in. the whole section oh, in. oh shit yeah damn pretty neat installs in minutes uh, they say it's safe and effective, requires no rebiasing, which I think is interesting, Ooh, or, or tools, obviously. That's a good point. Because, you know, biasing is your, your, tip, your, your power amp, typically. Uh, you just it's It has to go into the cathode follower preamp position of compatible amplifiers. Now, from Marshall, that includes, uh, let's see, 2203, 2204, 1959, 1987. So that means that's your JMPs. That's your Plexis. Mm-hmm. That's your JCM 800 and 900. The ones you want, basically. The types of amps. But, you know, Marshall's made a lot of amps, so it's important to know that this doesn't necessarily work with every Problem. amp, and they don't recommend using it with amps unless they officially support it. Now, of course, a lot of people have used these things. There's a lot of discussion and stuff about it, and I was able to find a, a further list, which includes not all orange, but some orange amps, including the OR50. It works. Um, a bunch of Sovtech amps, a bunch of PV amps, Jet City amps. Now, like basically any of your Marshall clones, mm-hmm. right? Like any, any, there are so many to even get into to name, but I know like Friedman, for instance, they're not a clone, but they basically make Marshall amps. It works on those types of amps as well. Um, it's, it's basically, so any, anything that has a t- cathode follower design in the tones, into the tone stack, this will work. It adds a gain stage. Uh, so it will function on like a Fender Pro Super Twin. Mm-hmm. So you can you can use it with some Fender stuff. Uh, it again, this isn't like officially supported. You can do it with a Vox AC30, certain trainer amps. Uh, but they they say that it has been tuned and optimized to work with the list of amps that they've given you. So they you know they're not going to say like it's going to sound good. And in, in fact, there's this like 
a whole bunch of other kinds of amps that there's like a second v2 version of it that like has a one of the pins reversed and that allows you to use it with even more amps right as well um so but i i have a, I have a, a list of popular amps that they say that it does not work with which are the marshall silver jubilees marshall origins any of the marshall dsl tsl which i owned a dsl the jcm 2000 at one point doesn't work on those doesn't work with with, with boogies the Bugera 1960 or the high watt dr stuff so okay. if you're interested in it and have those amps um i'm sorry to, to maybe maybe they'll be working on that in the future maybe there's an alternate product on, sure. yeah that you do those those sort of things so i'm pretty stoked on this yeah. man. i i i mean it's a cool way of bringing some some cool mods to people and, and it's easy and it's easy and i want to ask you what do you think it costs um I mean, it doesn't sound too complicated mm-hmm so it does have you know some circuitry and it's dealing with some yeah. tubes and stuff, so it's not going to be super cheap. Uh, three hundred bucks, dude. Nailed it. Three nineteen, which means you're probably going to really get. They're going to give me that twenty. That twenty bucks off. off. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I, I I'm I'm going to go through my amps, see what I have. If there's anything that I can get this for, I'm going to do it. Oh yeah, do you have anything that would fit it? I'm gonna, I've, dude, I've, I've got a, I've got an amp audit coming up real soon around here, so <laughs> I'll let you know very soon. Yeah, cool. Because I've got too many, and there are gonna be some leaving. That's a great future gear, man. Because we love, we love brand new innovations like bringing the old tubes technology up into the new tube future. It's one keeping it alive. Of, speaking of new tubes, got something with new tubes for sale on the on the Reverb Store. Just saying. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire hit some of these uh, because this is actually something we've talked about recently, and I've talked about with my my good friend Josh. Mono cases, they're the best. We yep, love them around here. They've updated their M80 Vertigo to, uh, or I think it's just the Vertigo ser- series, basically. Mm-hmm. They now have a patent-pending free-ride wheel system Boom! that allows for wheels to be attached on the case in no time, giving you the option to travel with it seamlessly. Oh, so it's an attachment. So it kind of, well, it's got to work with this specific kind of yes. uh, case, like the new version, but it they're detachable. Yeah. Are they selling it with the new case or is yeah. it like, okay. Totally. I love that. See, when you sent, I think you sent that to me and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like wheels on a case. Yep. Not the first time I've seen that. To know that it's detachable though and you exactly. don't always have to have the wheel. And that it's made by Mono because yes. they just do it kind they of better the than everybody. They kind of are. Uh, they've upgraded the materials. It's uh, this <clears throat> water resistant 1680D ballistic nylon outer, auto, a little uh, outer shell. Uh, I'm I, if I didn't already have all of the mono I need, I'd be, I'd yeah. be thinking about getting some wheeled cases because I love I love wheels on gear, my friend. Yeah, I've never owned a mono to be honest, and I just yeah. and now I'm at the point in my life where I'm not gigging as much, so there's really no reason mm-hmm. to get one. But I definitely still want. I was one. carrying guitars around a lot for a couple of years there, yeah. and I I was just like I'm gonna get the ones that fit my. Didn't you get a double case at some point? I've got the like sort of smaller, you know, like a less polar Strat style. Uh, bo- size body, and then I have one for my 335 or any of my hollow body yes, stuff. But you don't well. have the two. In I don't one. have the two in one. That's no. what I would probably look at because I have the jazz yeah, and the P. And right. I'd be like, I like to bring them both. They're know? they're amazing. I played with a dude that had the double bass thing. They get big and heavy, but super it's, heavy. It's so convenient. Yep. And the straps are. And imagine reliable. now with those with wheels would be that's so it. So much yeah. better. Uh, it looks like the for the the guitar ones are around 350. Cool. What, what you're paying on that. Couple pedals that I want to hit super fast. I'm going to start with an exciting one. Uh, Old Blood Noise made the BL44 Reverse, and so they basically, if you've ever tried their Minim Delay pedal, it has a it has a lot of really cool features on it. But it has a really really cool uh, what do they call it? True reverse effect, as it genuinely records and reverses passages of play. They've basically taken that and put that in its own pedal. Which I think is dope. That's really cool because it's it's like the coolest effect. The minimum's a, a, like a double size pedal. It's a little bit more expensive. This one they've taken like the coolest part of it, where it does this really really awesome and usually reverse delay pedals. 
uh, not the most usable. Yeah, this Agreed. is a super usable reverse sound, and it sounds super, like an, uh, unlike any normal one you've ever mm-hmm. heard before, in my opinion. Uh, and it, it has a lot of really sort of tweakable octave harmonizer things that you can do with yeah. it as well. Um, it's got a wet dry mix, soft touch bypass switching. Uh, switching. I watched a demo on it with uh, Base Six, the Squire Base Six, and it sounded so Shit. good. Who makes it again? Old Blood Noise, BL44 oh, Reverse. Yeah. What are you thinking it's costing? It's on pre-order right uh, now. 200. 179. All right, not bad. Hails, yeah. Hit me with that Chicago sales tax and we're right there. We're 200 all day. <laughs> Two more pedals real fast. That, only because there's just been so much good stuff and yeah. I want to make sure that I tell folks to check them out if they're in, Absolutely. in that world. Origin Effects. Uh, they make, you know them for their very fancy compressor and distortion pedals that they make that are in like real brush metal cases with really fancy metal knobs and mm-hmm. there are tons of options and sound really awesome and they're very expensive. They've now come out with a pedal that I'm very excited about and it's, and I'm, let, me, let me tell you, it's exci- it's hard, it's weird to get this excited about a, a freaking EQ pedal, but they've basically taken my favorite sort of plugin that I've ever used, which is a Pultec style EQ that I just want to put on everything I ever record or mix. And they put that into a freaking pedal and it's even more uh, tweakable and customizable than your standard pull tech even would be. Mm. I watched a couple really good demos on it. UK made awesome. bulletproof sounds so good. can use it in like a mid boost kind of way. I, if for me, I would just use it as like an always on make everything sound yep. better kind of thing. You just have maybe a little bit of booster cut here or there and mm-hmm. your signal just like kind of like a, a a, a better sounder pedal but it's got this also really interesting adaptive circuitry where it's gonna based on your playing for and when you have like one of the pedals uh, uh, knob set a certain way it'll adjust how much high frequency content it's cutting out based on how hard you're hitting the pedal really cool stuff man cool i uh, can't say enough good stuff about origin effects they made it what do you think it's costing? It's an expensive pedal. Yeah, I'm gonna say 400. 319, man. You're Dude, you're feeling real rich. I'm today. on fire today. Last one before we get to the saga. Sure. Dark Glass has a new pedal. Love them. And it's called the Duality Fuzz. Two things that I like about this pedal. One, it rips. It sounds really really sure. good. And as, the demos as all I watched. The pedals and amps do. Two, it's very simple, and it looks super cool. Really? It looks, dude. It looks like. I don't know. It looks like a. It looks like Future Gear, man. Yeah. It's just like a like a stacked concentric knob with like no nothing on it, and it's like really? matte and sort of like yeah, f- like dark cold steel from the feeling yeah. kind of thing. And I want it simply because it looks so cool. Does it do anything different than their other existing? It's ones? a super simple fuzz yeah. pedal. So that's it's the, got volume that's and fuzz. Um, it's got some internal controls, but you know, like with where you can adjust like blending and the filter and stuff. And those are built voiced for bass too. So it's like, it's yeah. And it's called the DFZ. It has the same design footprint of their, the Microtubes B1K. Yes. Which I was looking at, but very close taken to the next I think level. I have seen this guy. Two yeah. discrete fuzz circuits in one enclosure, mm-hmm. gated sawtooth wave and a raunchy high gain. What do you think something like this costs, Dave? They're not cheap, but they're not overpriced. I'm going to say 200 for that guy. Dude, still on that rich tip. Yeah. One, 149. Okay. Nice. Even better. Yeah. They make great stuff, man. That's one where I feel like even if you're, because there's, you're right. Some of their stuff is a little bit more on the not, I would say it's, it's not in unaffordable, but they're still a little more expensive yeah. for their pedals. But for 140, 145, well, they make a quality that product. gets you into the dark glass game for right. not a lot of cash. I, and it's I was, small. It's like a skinnier pedal, too. I was scared to cross the dark glass line because I was just going to end up buying all their shit. 
Because if you have one, you're just like, well, I'm, now I need well, the amp. Now I want, now I want the, the cabs. Whole, now I want it all. I so. want a tattoo on my forehead. Yeah, they have a great logo, actually. I just thank thanks for allowing me to rapid fire that. Friend, I like that. friends and David because I oh, they've been on the list for a while. There've been things I want to talk about, but I also really want to get into something that's been going on recently, dude. And I I know that it's I'm sorry that it's it's maybe not the most positive scenario at all times for you, but I'm I'm appreciative that you're willing to share and Look. get into it because this is something that's it's been going on. We sort of hinted, we talked about it in one episode. On the Pandy episode a couple weeks we ago. We talked about it in the Pandy episode, but we we definitely still had a lot more to go with that yeah. story. Well, So for anyone following along, Dave, why don't you give them a little background? What are, little we, background, what are we talking about here? Found a great deal on a 69 Jazz Bass. Yes. I bought it. Where'd you buy it? Uh, on eBay. Yeah. I was the only person. No, I think there was two bids. Two sniper bids last at the minute. last second. Tiebreaker. I got it. It came while we were doing our episode last week, so it came right. last Friday. Um, so I immediately went home and opened it up, and no case. It was super lightweight box. I think it was like twelve pounds or thirteen. Really, pounds. the box and like stuff. I didn't know that it was no case either. Yeah, that makes you know, me that makes me dislike the deal even more. It's okay, and dude, by the way, there don't be don't get all sad yet. Oh, there are things happening. I, oh. I told you that a lot happened yesterday okay. and I, right. uh, I didn't have time to kind of explain it through yeah. text. So I waited. I'd save it. Yeah. Figured I'd save it for today. This is exciting. Now I do have to be careful with what I say. And uh, if there's anything I might want to go back and edit out, sure. I'll let you know. Um, but I think, I think this is, I'm going to try to d- tap dance around a few things because there are things still being worked out, uh-huh. but essentially got a 69 jazz bass stripped finish um, blocks binding, obviously, um, and it has a badass two bridge. It's supposed the rest of it's supposed to be completely original, mm-hmm. including the neck, the pick guard, the electronics, the pickups. Supposed to be good to go, right? Yep. So I get home, open up the box. It's obviously not tuned. I flip it up, and right away I notice that the truss rod is as a lot of sixty nines and late the late model four bolt bo- block and binding bases have that's a tongue twister really long sentence they there. a lot of them had pretty shifty necks and people would over tighten these truss rods and they would go deep into the crevice of the truss rod cavity the crevasse yeah down by the heel um so if you can imagine a truss rod it's supposed to be flush with the heel of the neck pretty close pretty pretty flush maybe a, a few few screws in yeah. both of mine are my jazz and my p base are both in really good shape so i compare it to that uh this thing is screwed up to the 16th but fret. you can see that there's a bolt there there's a there's a yeah if you look down at the picture i sent you you can't you can only see the hole yeah right and then it's just dis it looks like there's not a truss rod in it it's mm-hmm. just a hole um i looked down there with a flashlight there is a very chewed up truss rod nut which mm-hmm. you know it's a you know a two slotted exactly yeah um and it looks like you know when you strip a screw or like a phillips screw it you know it starts to hollow out in the middle it's all chewed up uh-huh. they didn't use the it was aluminum or something they didn't use the greatest you know metal back then for that so I go, this is it. I can't keep this thing because a neck repair is going to negate the good deal that I got on this. Thing, exactly. At least for a resellable. Especially that kind of neck repair a re- too. A resellable value. Yes. So um, I contacted the guy right away. Like, at, like literally it showed up. Now this is also kind of weird. This guy's been a piece of crap to deal with. And I will say this. I don't know if he's a scammer or if he's just dumb. Mm-hmm. But basically the guy who sold me this was very unresponsive to any messages I sent him. Any questions I yeah. asked before the purchase, oh. big red flag. Red flags all around, guys. To I'm the, not to the to the point that I, even I like because we I've obviously Dave and I have been talking we, about this yeah. a lot. It's enraged me how yes. poor of a communication. I mean, I'm talking is. about like I asked questions like you know you know days before the auction ended. You know, does this have this? What mm-hmm. is going on with this? How's the truss rod? Uh, does it have any issues? This and that. No responses whatsoever. This might work out in my favor, by the way. 
Um, the guy sends it off. Uh, I, he finally responded after he, after I had asked him to ship it after I had paid for it when I won it last two Fridays ago. Mm-hmm. So now two weeks ago, paid him right away, expecting he's going to ship it on Monday or whatever. He ships it like Wednesday. Now I, I appreciate a three day UPS shipping, so I got it by Friday. Um, didn't use eBay's shipping thing, so Ugh. they're not tracking this. As far as eBay's concerned, you can you can just input manually. You can put the yeah. tracking info in there. His his tracking inso- info said USPS, and it also says it hasn't shipped yet. Mm. Uh, he sent it UPS three day, which is already just like really bad communication. He and then he he goes, oh sorry man, I shipped it yesterday. Um, you know he finally responded to me, mm-hmm. and after like five days of not knowing what's going Ugh. on. He finally responded to me. He's like, oh, I shipped it. Here's the track number. It's on UPS. I'm like, why didn't you just put this in? So eBay can see it. So everybody can see mm-hmm. it. Pro tip. If you're selling stuff, put in your tracking stuff. Um, anyways, I'm like, fine, That's whatever. That's not even a pro tip, dog. That's a 101 tip. That's right a standard. There. Yeah, it's, you're right. Absolutely. It's standard knowledge. This guy's it's irritating me just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, I get the base. Trust rod's fucked. I, I email him immediately. And I'm like, dude, this trust rod is buried down inside this thing. This is going to be a very expensive repair. I'm, I have no choice but to return this. So, you know, I'll, I know like Christmas was coming up because it was the Friday before Christmas yeah. weekend. I go, tell you what, man, it's Christmas weekend. I'll ship it out Monday. Just like send the packing, send the return slip and I'll ship it. No harm, no foul. I have no problem with this. Yeah. I, you know, I rolled the dice and it, you know, it turned out to be a hunk of chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the body isn't worth something and yeah, right. potentially could be repaired or replaced. Uh, but I don't want to deal with any of that. I want my money back. I want this guy to get mm-hmm. his base back. No response. Monday rolls around. Hey, man, how do you want to handle this return? No response. Now I haven't heard from the guy in a week since I basically uh, submitted this return request. Well, eBay has rules that five days after a return, no, seven days after a return request, you can then ask eBay to step in mm-hmm. to help, which I, I know I have buyer protection. And by the way, I might mention the guy had no returns allowed. If you see that on something... Still don't be afraid to buy it because eBay will have your back on buying something even if it even if the seller says no return. Because mm-hmm. if they send you a hunk of junk, they can't say, Oh, sorry, you're stuck with it, man. Like you're protected, especially for a an item that's worth thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. right? So still no response from this guy, whatever. eBay steps in. So as of yesterday, um, I want to be careful with what I say. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe where we're gonna have to edit it, but I found out yesterday, I talked to a representative from eBay on the phone. Mm-hmm. They have a weird help. Dude, their help system is so fucked. It puts, it sends you in circles and it's all automated. Yeah. Finally, they have a thing. If you go to help, 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 uh, like through the, through the browser, yep. you can chat with somebody and then you can say, have them call me. So then they called me. So I did talk to somebody in America, mm-hmm. a guy who probably works in California at the headquarters, super nice guy was like, look, man. Yeah. I'm like, I need you guys to step in. This is a lot of money. What's going on? This guy's been totally unresponsive. Um, this is the part I want to leave out, mm-hmm. but this is the good part. So I don't know. Maybe we don't leave it out. Basically, eBay said, if he doesn't respond by this following Wednesday, the 4th, no questions asked, they will refund me and they get to keep the base. No way. Yes. Because that means then they're just going to pay you if and then they're going to go after him. If this guy's just ghosting me and then he starts ghosting eBay because they've already reached out to him. So every day that goes by, I'm like, all right, is he gonna? <laughs> is he gonna do this? Well, I, for my first thought is he's gonna message me immediately and be like, "No, no, no!" Like, just send it back. Send yeah, it back. of course. Because they basically they're messaging him now. I'm not even talking to this guy. Mandy was like, "You should keep messaging him." I'm like, "No, no way!" Because the more messages in his inbox he gets, he'll catch on to like, "All right, maybe something has to be done." If he's saying like "fuck you" to me and "fuck you" to eBay, 
basically we're going to keep his base and we're going to keep his money. Man, that's money. so wild. What a, what a saga. And I want to say this for the, here's the other part I want to cut out. Maybe this is the part I want to cut out. You can leave that part in. Sorry. Okay. This is, no, it's fine. I just want to be careful. This is a pretty cool thing that happened, and I shared this with you. I did a little post on my little Facebook jazz bass group, and I was like- Yeah, we're back to the place that we can. I'll, we don't have to edit this part. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I did a little post on Facebook group. Gotta love the internet. <laughs> I will say the bass this, community- dude, this was really cool. The bass community is fucking awesome. This and I was forgot, because cool. I don't go on talk bass much anymore and stuff. And I was like, let me just do a little post on my, on my Facebooks, like the boomer that I am. And I just, I showed a picture of the truss rod with it just jammed all the way up there. Yeah. I will mention too, the binding is cracked at the bottom. It is. Um, the fretboard even has cracks if you look going through the wood. So it's, it needs oil. It needs a lot of work. Yeah. Probably needs a whole new board. Um, I posted, most people were like, you can absolutely fix this. Yeah. And then a lot of people were like, fuck that, return it. Then a lot of people, which is what I wanted to hear, said, dude, eBay's got your back. You're not screwed because this guy says no return. So don't worry. One guy was like, dude, I've dealt over like 2000 things with like the music stuff. Mm-hmm. I always like have to send stuff back and eBay's got buyer protection. Don't even worry about it. So one way or another, I'm a lot of people have a lot of opinions, a lot of mixed opinions, though, like like to the point where if you read everything on there, you'd be going in all different directions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many people were like, fuck eBay. Fuck, you're an idiot for buying that yeah, and stuff. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. first of all, if I'd have seen the neck, which the guy didn't show in the pictures, if I'd have seen the trust rod. Not a chance I would have bought it because like I would have been like, no, fucking too much way. of a risk unless it was like a thousand bucks or something right, like ridiculously exactly. low price. But I thought it would be a working instrument that I could play for a while. And no. So anyways, somebody did reach out to me in my DMs and it was the head bass tech over at Groons in Nashville. Which is so cool. So fucking cool. And I forget his name and I apologize, but he was so nice and he wrote a long thing basically. Well, first he asked me, he was just kind of like. Hey man, um, you know you can you can fix that or whatever. And I was like, I don't have time. And then he, I was like, well, how much would something like this cost? Yeah. And I didn't know he was from Groons or whatever yet. And he was like, oh, you know, um, oh no, I think I did at this point because he was like, if you want to ship it, I work down at Groons. Mm-hmm. I'm the tech there. You know, ship it to me. And and then I was like, well, how much? You know, are we talking? Yeah, right. And he was basically in the ballpark of like seven hundred. But what he his technique is. He doesn't. So generally, when you have to fix a truss rod, you have to remove the entire the whole fretboard. The comes whole off. fretboard comes off, and with, then with, especially with a bound neck, that makes bound it so neck, much dude? more complicated. Oh my god! So you're talking hours and hours and hours of labor, not to mention parts. And it might not even ever look. It right. It might not look right. It might get broken. I mean, who knows? Because um, this old wood is over 55 years old or something like that. More than that. Yeah. yeah so basically, he was like, uh, "What I do is I take out the first fret because it's blocks in the the inlays are blocks. You can remove the whole first mm. fret." And get to the top of the truss rod by the headstock up there. So you don't have to remove the whole board. The whole board doesn't And then he off. replaces something with carbon fiber. Reinforces and he, this and, he, and that. He can somehow get the he can get the truss rod out and pull it back in through the other end. Something like that. He kind of explained it, but I thought it was so fucking cool. This guy was like the head tech. And he quoted me a very reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Um down at Groons is basically all I would have to do is ship it there, pay for it, and then ship it back probably. But it's still t- to have to do that. It still takes you I, out of the realm of like uh, making sense for this instrument. That of course. And also we live in the great city of Chicago. If I sure. decided to get it fixed, there's a few reputable places I would take it to first before shipping it across Dude, the United States. We don't have to get into it, but I, I did yeah. bring my VT40 to Shake Shop. Oh. My, my new try with a, my first try with a, with a different shop. How friendly are those people? They're great. Very kind. Yeah. I was very, I, we don't have to get into it deeply, but I was confused. I, I tried, I thought it was across the street. So I like had my, like the world's heaviest amp ran it across the street to where the shot like the normal sign is. And then there's a sign on the door. that's like, hey, we're working like actually here across the street. And then yeah. I like run it across Fullerton again. <laughs> and I was super out of breath with that thing carrying that fucking. Stupid so they moved. 
They've got another f- storefront. Oh, they might have bought another space. I don't. Then. Yeah, it's very confusing because they they're usually on the south side of the street, right at the intersection there, right? Like it's a side street, but exactly they're in, so because I double parked on that side street. To I was run par- some basically beer. I was parked on the wrong side, but were what I thought oh, was yeah. the wrong side, but was actually on the right side. So I ran oh. across, went across, was like Fuck, which is fun. And I had to Fullerton. run across and then yeah. do it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with a hundred champagne problems over here, but that amp seriously is the worst thing to carry. There's no because has one thin handle on the top, which is totally gonna break. Way to get it, you have to hold it like a baby. You just gotta lift it. Speaking of wheels, that amp deserves casters, dude. You could mod some casters on that thing. Definitely could mod some casters, especially if you're gonna gig with it. I That's, love that. Amp. I I know. I'm 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 excited about it. But anyways, let's let's finish the story. So Final yeah. Frontier. Um, well, you I will it. say this. You'll, well, there'll, there'll this have is to part be another, one. There'll have to be another update. To this next, is part one. Next episode. Next Friday, we will have more answers yeah. and an outcome. Hopefully positive. Uh, hopefully doubly positive. Seriously. Uh, which would be insane. But I will say. I will say this, man. I took a I took a gamble buying something that's a lot of money. You know, probably shouldn't have bought it. And. Uh, I rolled the dice, but with eBay buyer protection and actually how helpful this guy was once I got a hold of their mm-hmm. customer service, I, I would have no problem buying something from eBay again or dealing with dealing with even a red flag type of seller. I mean, I I don't look at this as a negative experience. I was right, by the way. It was a 69. <laughs> like, just by the crappy pictures he posted. That was worth the price of admission. Dude, I told you when we first, I was like, I want to buy it just to see if I'm right. You did say that. Old boy still got it. He still got it. Um, but yeah, the trust rods are fucked. So... I also looked into a replacement neck uh-huh. and how much one of those would cost, how much those which I'm days? tempted. Well, and it all depends on what works out with this yeah, deal. Right. Um, but you're talking, they're in like the $2,500 range. For Just like, for a neck? For a nice one. Yeah. Damn. Maybe with tuners. Yeah. But like two grand. Wow. Yeah. So, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anywho. You know what you do? Huh? Slap one of those busted ass uh, Lakeland necks Dude, I was got. thinking about that. Those don't have, and that's exactly the thing. They don't have truss rods in them, right? Or they have like broken truss rods. I, I don't. They were all different. They I were. Guess we they were really just like you know. That. We can talk about only because we're good friends, and, and that they, was years and, and years every ago. and every company has mistake products Stuff that they, they don't away. put out. That was yeah. something that was destined for the garbage chief that yeah. we were lucky enough to walk away with. Yeah. So, and actually, that would look slick. Um, I did find like an early seventies neck that had the ivory bind, uh, ivory blocks on it mm. instead of the. Not with rosewood, but like the mat. The mat. Yeah. Oh, what am I talking about? Maple finish. Yeah. Instead with, of rosewood, with the ivory blocks. Ah, that's not my look. Very like, very like mid seventies looking. With a natch natch body. It I wouldn't know. make sense with a sixty nine though. They never did that in sixty nine. Yeah. So, to be accurate, I would have to replace it with a period correct. Um, but that yeah. makes it a lot more expensive when you have that level of specificity. Dude, it is funny though, man. Like the Facebook post thing. My DMs are like, people want this thing. They're, like, gonna have they're to, like, whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm si- I'm sending it back. I'm yeah. sending it back. And I will say, with some internet sleuthing, you could easily find what I paid for it. Um, it's a few people have. They're like, "Oh yeah, I would have paid. I would have paid that yeah. too to roll the dice." So it wasn't like a big loss. If you feel like going deeper down the Dave's base rabbit hole, yeah, information's out there. You it's yours follow. to unlock if you want to. So next week we will have updates. Um, I can't wait. I'm so positive. invested in this story now. I'm very excited to see if this guy responds. I oh man, I don't. I I hope that for. I hope he doesn't. For for you, I hope that he doesn't. For him, I kind of hope he does. Like, I just, I don't want to, I don't, he just seems, he could be real stupid, but yeah. maybe he's just an asshole. And if that's the case, then fuck him. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's the story. I mean, it, it has that's turned story, into a bit baby. of a thing. 
Um, and there's more detail I wish I could give. And I'll it's, tell I you think personally. you're just doing this just for the content, Dave. Yeah, you're like, it's, you know what? I got to shake it up. But if you guys listen next week, we'll have a we'll have a wrap up. The so exciting conclusion of the epic saga. Exactly. I thought this was going to be the final frontier, but it is just. The I beginning. did too, man. I was ready to just have an answer. I was. You're going to walk in with a base today or not? It, I was it, like, damn. And by the way, this is going on like three weeks now, so I'm I'm getting a little tired of thinking about it. Yeah. So hopefully it comes out with something good. I'm sure our listeners aren't too tired to think about it. It's a good story, bud. Thanks, man. I'm sorry that it's at your cost, but potentially your favor. No, I mean, look, I did this to myself, you know. You did this to, to yourself. You did. Uh, I didn't even, we didn't get into it. We'll talk about it next week. I had a, I did a couple mods over there on those guitars that are sitting oh, there shit, while I was watching the documentary earlier. Really? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about it next week because we, right. there's just so much stuff. Dude. And we're at the time where you've got to go, so we're fucking nailing it. It's perfect, man. Good episode. It was perfect. It was a little bit a little bit rushed. I feel like I might have been talking fast. Sometimes. I had a hard out so today, too, so that. it's yeah, kind of so my we're, fault. We're getting in it, but I also really just because this is the, like the New Year's episode. Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year, everybody. This. And uh, th- there's just some things I'm trying to clear out. And part of that was past pedals on this freaking outline that I've been wanting to talk about. For yeah. The past few no. Weeks. And that was actually all worth worth were worth talking about. Yeah, it wasn't just like, we're going to come out with a new version of a tube screamer. Yeah, tube screamer number 32. <laughs> All right, folks. If you made it this far through the nonsense, thank you. We love you. Thank we you. love doing it. We love each other. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, why don't you go make some music? <laughs>